Hello. Welcome and thank you for joining us and listening to our podcast, The God Beyond the Bible. Our podcast is released weekly each Friday. The content of each episode is based on the questions and curiosities we all have about God and the Bible. Many of our topics are considered taboo in the minds of the mainstream church. You will find our discussions to be, I think, refreshing and often far from traditional. But we don't just skirt around these complex issues, but confront them head on, and not in the way you're used to hearing them discussed on typical Christian talk shows. I'm Alan Rowland, creator and host of The God Beyond the Bible. As of the launch of this podcast, I've been a pastor for more than 35 years. My co-host is my daughter, Trayson, and our engineer, co-producer, is my daughter, Tabitha. Our mission is to encourage our audience, along with us, to open our minds to the reality that God is simply too big to be fully explored or experienced by the reading and studying of a single ancient work. In short, the Bible's not the sum of God, and to think this is to limit what He has done, is doing, and what He will do in our future. So with introductions made, thank you for listening, and let's dive into the topic of the day. And welcome, Seekers, to podcast number 110 of God Beyond the Bible, the podcast made by Seekers and for Seekers. Today will be our second episode dedicated to the benefits of meditation. But before we jump into that topic, how about some shout-outs and a quote there, Tracy? Um, Our shout-outs are to Adios and Bill. We're glad to have you guys listening. And our quote this week is, Meditation is the art of shutting yourself up long enough to find out who you really are. And that's by Bryant McGill. I love that. That's good. That's really good. Okay. Well, we left off last week encouraging our listeners who may not be familiar with meditation to experiment by finding a YouTube video or the Netflix series or a podcast that's designed for those. Yeah, Netflix is this guide to meditation, Mm -hmm. I think. That's good for beginners because they break it down. It's the mechanics. They get down to the mechanics of it. Okay. But it's designed for those who may be novices to meditation. And we suggested guided meditation So perhaps we should explain why we think guided meditation is so important, especially as beginners. Well, I'm just going to say, first of all, I'm not good at meditation without guided meditation. I'm not either. I'm not good at just meditating. I am better than I was when I started. I can do it occasionally, but there's times that the guided... So, Tracen, just take us into what guided meditation is. Well, guided meditation basically means that someone is using their recorded voice to guide us into a meditative state. Most of those that are designed for beginners are aware of our the tendency of our mind to want to jump in and divert our thoughts back toward the past or the future. And a good guided meditation instructor will be very aware of this. And they're very patient at showing us how to come back to our meditation when the mind distracts us. So do you guys have any suggestions on some good guided meditation teachers? I really don't know any of their names. I just uh, I Michael Seeley. Michael Seeley, mm-hmm. S-E-A-L-E-Y is one. that, And he just comes to mind because I've listened to a lot of his. Mm-hmm. He's got a very comfortable, and I think he's the one that he never says while. He says whilst. 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 <laughs> Do not listen very to proper. this. Whilst you are driving or whatever. But anyway, he, he's good. But there's just, if you if you put guided meditation into YouTube, mm-hmm. there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands, of, mm-hmm. come up. One of my- and they're free. Yes. The neat thing is they're free, man. You may have to watch a little commercial right at the beginning, but you right. can skip that too. <laughs> I do a lot of mine um, on Spotify. One of my favorite is 
Um, it's yeah, Spotify, Spotify is good. It's called The Honest Guys, and I don't know if you guys it have is. ever yes, listened yes. to It is, yes, yes. Oh, I've yeah. listened to them a because bunch. a yes. lot of theirs yes. are 10 minutes or less. So mm-hmm. I start out every morning in place of an alarm. I have my phone set to play one of my Spotify things every morning, and it plays their morning affirmations. And, and I, I love it as I'm waking up. There's a up. lady that does morning meditations, and I wish mm-hmm. I could have, but she's a good start your day. It's like 10 minutes. Yep. And that's good. And you know... uh I like the long ones when I'm going to going to sleep. Yeah. But sometimes just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things about the Netflix thing. They talk about how just 10 minutes out of your day can change your whole life profoundly. So the, is it me? Um, the other one that oh, I ahead. really like is Greg DeVries. I don't know. If, I don't think I've seen I guess him. that's how it's pronounced. It's Greg D-E-V-R-I-E-S. And I think it's DeVries. DeVries or DeVries or something like that. But his are really great, but they are a little bit, I don't want to say more advanced, but they're longer. You know, they're typically 30 30 minutes to an hour. So you have to have a little more time planned to set aside. Mm -hmm. And when you're just starting, that can really feel like eternity. Anyone will tell you, just do it. Yeah, ten minute or so mm-hmm. uh, a day, and but it's really important to do it and keep doing. It. I know a lot of people that get started meditating, they get to feeling the benefits of, it, and then they quit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not how it works. But we'll I'm really bad why. about that. <laughs> well, let's take a good portion of this episode to talk about some of the obstacles that we may encounter when trying to learn to meditate, and perhaps give a few pointers on how to enhance the meditation experience. Now, taking into consideration that we are all around this table here, basically novices when it comes to meditation, even though we've been practicing it for a couple of years, let's begin our discussion by pointing out that if we are a product of the Christian religion, or more specifically, the organized church, the concept of meditation may be foreign to us, mostly because we are acquainted with religion that externalizes God and the spiritual practices. We're built around rituals. I mean, mm-hmm. anyone got any comments on that? Well, there's a real push I feel like against things that are you know meditation's one of those things that's considered really new agey inside mystic. the mystic. Christian but do, but you, do you do realize that's the reason that the religion of Jesus day rejected mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. is because he was teaching the people you have it in you just yeah. go to it that's it's in you and uh, organized religion I'm, don't like for people to be empowered and no uh, and it, I had uh, made a post a while back um on social media about meditating and I can't remember even exactly what it was. It was something I had shared and commented about how much I enjoyed meditation. And I had a woman that commented under it and was like, you know that that's really bad for you. That's how you let the devil in. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So guys, don't, you know, don't wow. yeah. fall into those. It's really easy to fall into those beliefs that you're doing something bad or harmful. And your mind wants you to think that because... It really doesn't want you to take well, the focus away right. from it. Your mind, yeah. And even though your mind basically wants the rest, but it resists it with everything. Mm-hmm. It does not want to give up the power. Your mind, and there again, as we talked about in the first episode, if you can observe that your mind is overactive, then who is that observing that? That's yeah. the person that's the person that's the boss. That's right. the person that's in control. Yeah. So like you're talking about, one of the most difficult obstacles to overcome is the chatter of the mind distracting us. This constant chatter is are the things that we're attempting to escape, yet when we try to calm it, it seems to double down with its insistence on being heard and acknowledged. Like anything else, it takes patience and practice to learn to allow the mind to have thoughts without engaging those thoughts by attaching emotion to them. And let me just let me just say this. 
and this was a very good experience for me. One of the people that I learned from to meditate said, if you're sitting on your porch watching cars go by, they just go by. Don't You don't attach emotion to every one of those cars that right. go, just watch them go by. There's a blue car. There's, and so that's the way we have to learn to let our thoughts be. If we're going to be in the present moment, it's like watching cars go by and let them go. You don't run out there and chase them down. And <laughs> it, it, it sounds easy, I guess, oh, but for me, it is not easy. Well, no, this not. is it's something not. I, I it's certainly with. Just like you said, it takes patience and practice. For me, it, it was a matter of learning to go. <clears throat> I have to treat my mind sometimes like a little kid Shh, guys we're not doing that right yeah. now no i say hush i just yeah. say hush hush it's yeah. enough stop stop so most good guided meditation teachers excuse me <clears throat> will tell us that when we get distracted by a thought and start to follow the mind down a path that's best the best thing to do is to be aware of what is happening acknowledge that it's just our mind doing what it's used to doing and then bring our attention back to our meditative mm-hmm. moment and you cannot get frustrated. That was my biggest issue when I started. I would be listening to the guided meditation and all of a sudden I'm thinking about something and I would come back and I promise you the first time I did meditation, the first few times, I probably did that 50 times. Well, yeah, you're going to do that. And your mind, because your mind is used to, when you sit down to relax, your mind is used to kicking in. Now, now it's my time to take over and, and start. And then I started getting frustrated and thinking about why can I not focus on this? And but, you know, but you it will. To, the mind will give in to it. it. Will it will give it in will. to it? Okay, so what about a place to meditate? How important is it to have a place? That's for you probably to one of the most important things we can do. You can't meditate in the living room while everything's going on. No. I mean, I'm just saying that. So. So what are some suggestions, you know, if you're going to create a space for you to meditate? Now, it's easy for me. It's just Tawana and I. Tawana knows I meditate. She doesn't. If I if I come down here, to the, I've got my man cave, the studio here. If I come down here and sit down, she doesn't come down here. And, Honey, what are you doing? What are you, you know? And But I have, it's, that's a little hard to do. And you're going to talk about that. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you've got a house full of people. Exactly. <laughs> we need a place where we feel safe and that's free from external distractions. And often finding a place where we feel like we can devote a certain amount of time with no distractions is really difficult because our ego-controlled mind wants to suggest that we're just too important to take a break from life. After all, someone might need me. They may be trying to contact me and I won't be close to my phone so I can solve the problem for them. <laughs> And this statement, you know, it it hurts our ego self, but we often think that our contribution to the world is just too important for us to be missing in action. And sometimes I don't think it's necessarily ego. I have two kids at home, my husband, which my kids are getting older, so they're a lot more independent now, but you just get lost in the day to day. Mm -hmm. And so I think, especially if you're a mom to young kids, it's okay. I tell my kids, if I go in the bedroom and shut the door... That's because I want to be alone for a few minutes. I need my time. Leave your cell phone, leave your tablet outside of the room. Shut, you know, just mm-hmm. focus on what you're doing. I have blackout curtains. I can shut my sure. door, shut the curtains, and I'm relaxed. And that's something that we were taught, though, <clears throat> even when we were at home, was mm-hmm. if you go in your room and you shut your that's door, your, yeah. that's your domain, yes. that's your space. And typically, you know, mom might come knock on the door. Do you want something to eat? I'm fixing a cooked yeah. dinner. But for the most part, you were left alone. Right. And we're a lot that way, even my husband and I, because we have a fairly small house. So 
it's typically if you go in the bedroom we don't really take our phones in there we don't watch tv in there if you go in the bedroom you're going in there because you want quiet time right so and and i'm going to tell you i have found i don't know if you guys do it i have found that uh burning incense yes helps and good incense. aroma because what you're doing is you're trying to bring all of your senses mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's either your eyes or your ears or your smell it's always distract, always taking you somewhere else. And so if you can direct those. I haven't done incense because I tend to sneeze a lot. But well, I, well, like, I diffuse. Not, I have essential oils that yeah. I like to well, use. Sure. That's what stuff. I mean. It's, it's, just, it's just the sense of smell. For me, so, touching <clears throat> things. Yeah. Fabric, anything to just, okay. Because how often when you're talking do you lay your hand on something and never feel what's under your yeah, hand? Yeah, you're not paying right? no attention. You're not in the now. We're talking about being in the yes. present, in the moment. So how difficult is it to overcome the anxiety associated with thinking that we should be using this time to do this or that? I mean, what uh, what about people who say, I just don't have time for that. I have too much that I need to get done. You make time for what you yeah. want to yeah. make That's time exactly. for. And I've had to teach that to myself because yeah. I can say it, but... The you reality just, yeah. is, these are the very people who could benefit the most from mm-hmm. meditation. The people that just and, think they don't have enough to, that they're, and there again, and I know this is hard on our ego, but it's our ego that I'm too important. Mm-hmm. My contribution is just too important for me to take any time out. And I will tell you something, and it's really cringy to do to yourself, but when you really start doing that, I just have no extra time in my day. Go a day and just keep a notebook with you and write down how much time you spend doing different things. Mm-hmm. Because when I start how much ta- going... How much time you doing running your finger up the screen of the deals, exactly. changing Facebook, Most running Facebook time, for When up. you're doing that and killing that time scrolling through Facebook, it's because your brain has hit a roadblock. You just want to. That is your escape. So yeah. instead mm-hmm. of doing that... But, and I have to fight myself that's not to make medi- myself but that's do not it. Med- it's not, that's but that's not, what I'm saying. So instead of scrolling, no. take that Grab time. you a pair of headphones yes. and go hide in the bathtub if you have to sure. for 30 minutes. Sure, light the candles up, right. get a glass of wine. I mean, I'm not suggesting drinking. Now, now if not if you're underage. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, anyway. but you can. You can take that time to decompress your mind. Sure. It's important. Okay. And again, this is ego rearing its ugly head. But what if you live in a house with a number of other people, spouses, children, and such? How do you explain what you're doing so they'll respect and understand that you're, you know, you need that time out from the demands of family life? Will they think you're being selfish or perhaps even think you're having some kind of mental or emotional issues? It may help to keep in mind that many people prey on us by using our ego, and that is our overemphasis of our self-importance to their advantage by making us feel guilty for allotting ourselves any time for personal improvement. This is not something, as far as my family not being supportive, I've right. had to deal with. I mean, right. but I have but learned to just say, this is, I need some me time. Yeah, There yeah. is something that you did with your kids. I remember you doing this with Blake, because when Blake was about probably four, mm-hmm. Um, which would have put Bailey at like two-ish. Mm-hmm. He would start going in his room. He wanted to play by himself and just do things. And you started something with him. Then you tell him, no, not right now. You're not going to go bother your brother. He's in his room with yeah. his door yeah. shut. Yeah. That's his You leave space. him alone. Yes, and right. I think it's important, not just with kids, but with everyone in your life, to have those boundaries mm-hmm. of, no, when I go in here... I want my husband has he has a leather barn that he goes in and when 
he just needs to decompress for a while. He goes in his barn and he shuts the door and he might be there till 10 o'clock at night. But that's his space where he's just by himself. And I respect that. I love to go over. Of course, a lot of people don't have this privilege. It's it's not that we're wealthy, but land's fairly cheap around. We own a lot of land around here. And we, I like to go plumb over to the back of the place and just sit and maybe look at the clouds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but if you're not careful, the mind will jump in. Mm-hmm. And it'll start going through all the things you're going to do or want to do. What yeah. you're looking at, it's telling you what you're going to do for the next week That's and making that mental the schedule. past or the future. I think tracing your eight. All right. So we've mentioned ego a few times. How important is it to recognize the role that our ego plays and our feelings of being trapped in that vortex of overthinking and anxiety? Now keep in mind that our ego is the person we want other people to think we are. It's not the person we really are. Ego causes us to keep up an image that we think other people have of us. And over time, we adopt that image of who we think we are. And we find ourselves trapped in this role-playing game instead of discovering and being aware of who we really are. And what we really need in life. And let me try that again. And being aware of who we really are and what we really need in life to be happy. That's right. Did y'all ever watch the British sitcom Keeping Up Appearances? Yes. Like my favorite show. Yes. Um, so the main actress in this now that's Keeping Up Appearances. If you haven't yes. watched it, this is this is it's a, a British. This, it's actually it's a British sitcom, mm. but it's actually a learning experience because you laugh at it, but you don't realize what that the message that's right. really being sent there. You after a few episodes, I start to go. Oh, I see a little bit of me and highest. <laughs> well, we <laughs> all think of somebody else uh-huh. that we she reminds yeah. us of, but we don't ever really think that. You know, that's me too. So the main actress in the series, if you guys out there haven't seen it, is Hyacinth. And she is so controlled by ego that she demands that her last name, which is Bucket, B-U-C-K-E-T, Bucket, be pronounced Bouquet. (laughs) And the entire series is based on what happens when we're controlled by ego. Even the title, Keeping Up Appearances, indicates that false reality of one's mm-hmm. ego self. And I never really realized that when I first started watching it. It was just yeah. a funny sort yeah. of... Yeah, and then I thought, because I was laughing, it hurt nobody's... But yes. Yes. It's, I know it's an extreme example, but right. yes. Well, let's bring our topic of meditation back to the forefront of our discussion. A lot of people try meditation a time or two and they determine it just doesn't work for them. I've heard people, I've tried that. It doesn't work. I try that, you know, the truth is these are often the people who need it the most because they have become so attached to living a life dominated by constant thoughts pertaining to the past and future. And they're so accustomed to identifying themselves by their ego that they find it all but impossible to operate any other way. And as we mentioned before, some folks just can't get into it because they cannot remove themselves from external distraction and, and interference out of fear that something may happen and that they might not immediately know about. And we can once again point out that that's usually an ego issue. We think the world will fall apart if we aren't present to keep things functioning properly. Anyone who says these obstacles are easy to overcome is being untruthful. But anyone who says that these obstacles are impossible to overcome is being equally untruthful. The reality is we generally don't overcome these obstacles instantly. It takes dedication to meditation to slowly but surely chip away at these obstacles that we've spent a lifetime cultivating. There's a good deal. Dedication to meditation. Yes. <laughs> and for some reason that reminds me of what was that Scarlett O'Hara quote? from Gone with the Wind, 
I won't think about that today. I'll think, I'll about, think about it tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Sometimes we need to do a little bit more I like the quote when Jed Clampett was on. He wasn't just Jed Clampett, but he's on the Andy Griffith show. And he Buddy told Epson, Opie. Yeah. He told Opie. Buddy Epson was on the Andy Griffith mm. show. He was the hobo on there. And he mm. told he told uh, Opie, he said, we'll do that tomorrow. He said, tomorrow's the perfect day to start any project. <laughs> <laughs> so before we conclude this episode, Let's try to answer why almost every meditation involves developing a breathing technique at the beginning of meditation or some say, 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 yeah, that was my accent there, or some say to enter a meditative state. If we think about it, our body performs its life functions without any conscious effort on our part. It takes no thought to continue breathing. We don't have to remember to breathe. We don't have to send a conscious signal to our heart to beat. And when we observe our body breathing, it means that our real self is not our body. It's not our brain function. But our real self is the one who can be aware of these functions and can observe them. And that sounds really odd to you, I know, if you've never, if you don't know anything mm-hmm. about meditation. But I, this is about stepping back and figuring out who you're, you're you are not your thoughts. Mm-mm. You are the person that observes your thoughts. Right. And this state of observing of observing and being aware is what is commonly called our higher self or our spiritual self or just our spirit. And meditation, when learned properly, will cause us to become enlightened to the fact that we are neither our body, our brain, or our conscious self. That is thought. Our real self is spirit that can observe these other natural forces at work. And there was a quote that I loved and... I read so many books sometimes and listen to so many audiobooks. I don't know who this quote was. So if somebody knows who said it, you can let me know. But the quote was, we have to learn that our thoughts are like a book on a shelf and our spirit is the person who's reading the book. You can put the book down anytime. That's really good. I, I like, like that. that. I don't know who said it. But I don't I, either. But I like that. Well, trying to put the importance of meditation and self-awareness into language is very difficult at best. But we'll conclude this episode with the statement that meditation is the key that unlocks who we really are. And that isn't just a jumble of thoughts about the past and future. Meditation is an exercise in being in the present moment, the right now, and learning to allow all that chatter about the past and the future to just flow on by, just like traffic on the highway. We observe it, and we observe it from our higher self. This whole concept is often just too mystical for those who are products of the organized church. But as fellow products of that particular religion, all we can say is give meditation a real chance. Not just once, not just a couple times. Well, it just don't work for me. And as always, until next time, may God's unconditional grace, peace, and love be on in and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible. Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at godbeyondthebible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at godbeyondthebible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.